Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have a deep topic. Okay, this is a question that I get very often, a question about forgiveness. This particular question came to me last night in the way of Romans twelve eighteen. Somebody had sent me questions saying that, is this saying that I should be is Romans twelve eighteen saying that I should be confronting a person who has wronged me, sinned against me, and must I live peaceably with them in the way of, you know, if I'm uncomfortable, do I have to be around them all the time? Do I have to, um, you know, where, what am I called to do in this per- particular situation? I've, I've forgiven this person in my heart, but I, I don't feel comfortable around this person is Romans 12:18 indicating that I must go out of my way to live peaceably with this person. Um, let's go and go ahead and read it. If we go to Romans chapter 12, we'll start in verse nine. That way we can get the full context of what Paul is saying here. So starting in verse nine, Paul writes, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is, to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And then this comes to verse 18. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves going on, continuing on in 19. Again, getting the full context. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. See, when we put this in its full context, it says in verse 18, If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Is this saying that you must go out of your way? To somebody that has has sinned against you, that you have forgiven, that you must go out of your way and bend over backwards in everything that you do for this person? Like you, you put yourself in an uncomfortable situation. Is that what it's saying? Absolutely not. That's not what Paul is saying here. And, and to take that idea and, and take this verse and apply it is... is, is um, you know, an end all be all saying that, yes, that, that was, that's how Christ forgave. So you must do that. Even if you don't feel comfortable, that's, 
definitely not the case. I'm going to quote something here. I did not write this. Um, I actually cannot find, to tell you the truth, I cannot find the source for this um, because it has been plagiarized so many times and I couldn't find the original source from this. Um, Got Questions does have this, gotquestions.org does have this quote in here, but I know this isn't directly from them either, and they only give one resource, so I'm not sure exactly where this comes from. The most important thing there is that I did not write this, but it is it is fantastic, and I think that it will help a lot of people here just by just by the simple little statement here it says if by forgive and forget and this is what we it boils down to forgive and forget are we required to forget the answer to that is yes and no Okay, but this quote continues on. But if by forgive and forget, one means I choose to forgive the offender for the sake of Christ and move on with my life, then it is a wise and godly course of action. As much as possible, we should forget what is behind and strive towards what is ahead. Philippians 3.13 We should forgive each other just as Christ, God, forgave. Ephesians 4.32 be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We must not allow a root of bitterness to spring up in our hearts. Hebrews 12:15. However, if forgive and forget one means I will act as if the sin had never occurred and live as if I don't remember it, then we can run into trouble. For example, a rape victim can choose to forgive the rapist, but that does not mean she should act as if that sin had never happened. To spend time alone with the rapist, especially if he is unrepentant, is not what scripture teaches. Forgiveness involves not holding a sin against a person any longer, but forgiveness is different from trust. It is wise to take precautions, and sometimes the dynamics of a friendship or relationship will have to change. The prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Proverbs 22.3 Jesus told his followers to be as shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Matthew 10.16 In the context of keeping company with unrepentant sinners, we must be innocent, willing to forgive, yet at the same time shrewd, being cautious. Okay. This, in, in the, I'll just go ahead and in, in the article here, it says the, the ideal is for the offender to truly repent of the sin and for the offended to forgive and forget. The Bible tells us true repentance will result in a change of action. Luke 3, 8 through 14, Acts 3, 19. And that love keeps no record of wrongs, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, and covers a multitude of sins, 1 Peter 4, 8. However, changing hearts is God's business, 
and until an offender has a true supernatural heart change, it is only wise to limit the level of trust one places in that person. Being cautious doesn't mean we haven't forgiven. It simply means we are not God and we cannot see that person's heart. Uh, That's very brilliant. And whoever wrote that, whoever this does, it's, it's labeled as Charles Stanley. Uh, I don't think Stanley didn't write this whole thing, but whoever wrote that, it's it's brilliant. And and, and that's exactly what the context of Romans 12, 18 is saying. We always seek forgiveness. I mean, that that's our that's what we're all about as believers. And once we realize our own sin before a holy God. You know, when once we understand that and we understand how we don't deserve forgiveness and the depth of what it took for that forgiveness, we once we understand those things, you are willing to forgive anything. Because I am a horrible, horrible, wretched man that deserves nothing. And if I lost everything in my life at this point, God would have done me no wrong. And that's certainly not the case. So that that type of forgiveness, we are commanded to extend that type of forgiveness to somebody no matter what. Um, from a teacher's perspective I'm in a little bit different category I think I can't I can be smart but I always have to be willing to welcome that person if they show me true repentance I I must be welcoming of that no matter what and I must not keep a record of that wrong Now, stating to another believer, am I telling you, if you've been abused, that you must forgive your abuser and and hang around them and serve them and do all these things? That's not the case at all. You can forgive somebody without wanting to be around them or have anything to do with that person. Now, certainly, if the Lord is trying to bring this person into your life and and this person is trying to come to you in repentance and you're pushing that off just because, you know, your own pride says no, then then you have an issue. But at any point, if abuser is, is not repentant and this is just acts... Like, you know, this has been swept under the rug and these different things like that. I mean, no, you're not. That's that's absolutely not the case. Um, you know, again, you can you can have forgiveness without fellowship with somebody. You, you don't ever want to treat somebody harshly. You don't want to ever, um, you know, uh, you know, push them away if they try to come to you in, in honest forgiveness, you know, but you're not, it's okay to draw boundaries. We are only human in that sense. 
it's okay for you to draw those boundaries as long as you're willing to state that, yes, I am open to forgiveness for this person in my heart. I am open to everything that, um, you know, that would good that comes from that. I just don't personally feel like I can, I can fully make this person be a part of my, or, or have this person be a part of my life again. And again, there's, there's no, it, it's not, there, there's no way that we can delete memories from our, our minds. And these things will still always be painful for us. Okay. I mean, the Lord absolutely commands us that we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. But it doesn't say that you have to sit at the same table with them and eat with them and, and, and do these things if you're not comfortable, especially if that other person is not repentant. I mean, you can, you can still forgive that person. That doesn't, you know, you don't withdraw your forgiveness to this person just because that person isn't repentant. I mean, that would, again, that would be going against what, what God has done for you. He's forgiven you when you weren't repentant. So why would you not extend that same forgiveness to others? Okay. But again, this doesn't mean that, that you have to welcome this person and invite this person into your life, into your home. It does not mean that that pain and that memory still isn't there. And that person needs to understand that if, 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 <clears throat> they have sinned against you and they have caused you pain. They have harmed you. Well, there's a consequence, an earthly consequence of sin. And that earthly consequence might be that your relationship with that person has had to change. It might be something that says, hey, you know, I, I've forgiven you and I love you, but, you know, I just, I find it a stumbling block for me to, to be around you because I, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly remembering, I'm constantly, you know, and I, I, I don't want to have to, to get in this position where I even question my forgiveness or, or, um, I guess that's the wrong way to say it, but I don't want to have to, you know, get in this position where I, I, I just don't feel comfortable. And that's, that's not, that's not, there's nothing in scripture that says that you, you force yourself to be in, in that position. Um, we don't see, we don't see any examples of that whatsoever. I mean, if that, if you are uncomfortable and that person has severely wronged you, as I said, the consequence of that could be a change to relationship, but a change to relationship doesn't mean you, you, you don't love somebody any less. That just means it's, it's different. You know, I'm, I'm, if there's anything that I can do for you, 
I will, I will serve you in, in, in whatever way that I can. But in that service, maybe simply having that peace with that person, talking to that person, saying, hey, I love you. I've forgiven you. But I must move forward with my life. As they said, that that's a wise decision for a believer to make. This is the article it said. This is absolutely wise. And if at all possible in the future, if this relationship somehow changes and this person, you know, if, if, if this starts coming back, um, I think it's, 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 you know, you, you have interest in, in definitely finding further forgiveness if, if at all possible, um, because we understand that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have. So we're all dirty, filthy, rotten sinners. And this isn't a race on, on who's worse. None of us deserve anything. So we should continually strive for that. But striving for that does not mean that you must fully achieve it in the way of, of being arm in arm with this person again and, and just, you know, um, having restoring a, a relationship that was once, you know, very, very close. Now, it, you know, I mean, it, it you know, you always want, again, you always want to seek that um, reconciliation wherever possible. But that doesn't mean that you have to bend over backwards and put yourself in uncomfortable situations, especially once we're dealing with something like abuse. Uh, no Christian woman who has ever been raped should be forced to be in the same room with her rapist unless she wants to. Unless she's comfortable with it and, and, and it's something that they agree upon. The sin was committed against her and it damaged her. There was a damaged party there. So that damaged party, that's, that's a result of that sin that that person has to live with and they must understand. If that person says that I do not want to be around you, you also have the same obligation to respect and to love that person and not pursue anything further and to say, you know what? I understand. I did wrong you. And I understand how it is hard for you to forgive me. I don't know. I don't know how you could forgive me at all. And since I know that I don't make you feel comfortable in your life, I purposely would respect you and, 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 and go out of my way to keep my distance. I understand there's forgiveness there, but you don't feel comfortable. I'm fine with that because I am the one who harms you. You have to be willing to live with the consequence of your own sin. That's, that's you know, the Lord never says that I'm going to remove you know, all consequence of sin away from you. No, he washes us clean of sin, but while we still live on this earth, we still have to live in the consequence of that. 
you know, how, whatever that may be. If you're a murderer, you, you can be forgiven, but guess what? You're going to go through this life having to live with the consequence of having killed somebody. Whether that's trouble getting a job, whether that's trouble, whatever it may be. Forgiveness from the person that you, you know, you killed uh, their family. Like whatever that may be, you must live with that. And, and you know, I think there's been, you know, for instance, like a murder. We, I, I don't, I don't think that, you know, one murder shouldn't, shouldn't justify another. So the death penalty and things like this, I don't know if I, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to have that discussion here, but you know, for this in my own personal life. Okay. My mom, when she grew up and she grew up Christian, I mean, strict, strict Christian. Okay. And in her little town in Orange County in California that she lived in, there was a girl that was brutally murdered. Okay. And it was murdered by this, um, well-known person in town who was very mentally ill and had this weird obsession with this girl, uh, and ended up killing her. Well, long to make a long story short, the girl's father in court completely forgave the murder. He says, I, my little girl's gone. I'm never going to get her back again, ever. But I'm a believer. I love the Lord. I am forgiven. I must extend the same forgiveness. Now, he never wanted to see this killer's face again. He forgave him. He did what he was supposed to do. He's not required to do anything more than that. If he does not feel like he wants to come, you know, be buddy, buddy, pal, pal with the guy that murdered his daughter, then that's just, that's not something that he's required to do. And, and the Lord would not ask us to force ourselves to do that. The Lord would certainly help us if we go into prayer and say, hey, should, Lord, should I feel um, like I should be around this person and spend time with this person? You know, is there any way that you can heal me and, and heal my attitude against this is, you know, is, is if this be your will? But I don't, you know, I don't think that although we have unconditional forgiveness, nowhere in scripture does it indicate that the Lord is going to force us to do that or put us in a position where we must do that or, or reach this level of perfect forgiveness is to where that we can, you know, um, have, have dinner with, with those that, that tried to, or those that harmed us. So while I think we should definitely strive for that, that, that full forgiveness, and, and that would be, you know, um, re a fully restored relationship with somebody that you once cared for or, 
um, you, you know, whatever. We, we should definitely always strive for that, but we will definitely not always achieve it. And we will, should not feel shamed when we are not comfortable because we are human and that's how this works. And we have to live with the consequence of sin. So there's, there's a lot of moving pieces to this. Uh, but I think that in, in closing, I think that we do well <clears throat> to be kind to one another. Ephesians 4.32, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Um, you know, uh, the Lord Jesus himself. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone. So your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And we know if we confess our sins, he is faithful and justice to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay, if, if we know these things and, and are praying and moving forward, then we are good. So hopefully that helps bring a little bit of peace. Um, again, this is... Um, complex i'm not sure that with this this one podcast that um we got out i got out full full meaning so if anybody has any questions or we need to clarify anything please let me know and uh, i will definitely make the position more clear but um thank you for the questions and if anybody has anything else feel free to send them in thanks guys